week two has come and gone and there's a lot to be excited about and there's a lot to be a lot to be depressed about so stay tuned as we re- austin and i recap all of week two's games there was a lot of action there was a lot of happiness there was a lot of sadness it was a pretty action-filled week this is KA football Austin, so before we jump into it, let's just, you know, it's been most of the viewers aren't able to talk to you right now on a regular basis because you're in college. First, let's just get a wellness check on Austin. How's how's college life Austin living right now? Um, really good, you know. Well, not really good. Hey, good. that's what we like to hear. We want you to come home. All right, guys, you hear it here. Austin's <laughs> dropping out. That's not what I said. Um, <laughs> You know, so far so good. Um, up until let's see, when was it? Probably up until last night, about <laughs> nine forty-five, ten o'clock ish. Would have said really, really good. Um, and then after about nine forty-five, ten o'clock ish last night, uh, it dropped to the lowest of the lows. Um, and it hovered right there around like okay, but it really. Set. before he starts crying yeah exactly so Caden go ahead and, and start us off before I, I leave set here yeah so also before we get into it we are still working on the audio so if I still sound so echoey and patchy I'm sorry we are working towards it if for some reason you think you know why I sound like this and you and you think you know, please let us know because we are trying to figure this out, this out as well because I sound very stupid on this audio right now. But whatever, let's just jump into this game. So the Thursday night game, the Vikings going against the Eagles. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a pretty solid week one. He had a couple turnovers, but turnovers was the story for the Vikings in week one, and it was even more the story for the Vikings in week two. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I think there was, if I'm checking here, turnovers. The Vikings had four fumbles and four fumbles lost, which is, you know, ridiculous. Um, and see, so yeah, the Eagles also fumbled, but they didn't, you know, they didn't lose that one. Um, but the Eagles fumble was literally like right in between like some Vikings fumbles. It was kind of wild. There were like three fumbles within like five minutes of each other. And I was like, this is one of the most wild games I've ever seen in my life. It's just fumble after fumble after fumble here. No one's actually going to get anything done. Um, but like you said, turnovers, fumbles, big, big problem for the Vikings. Um, the Vikings did end up losing this one. I'm sorry. Yeah, they end up losing 28 to 34. Um, relatively large scoring match there. Um, but it was a lot closer than I think some of us anticipated. Um, I think after the Vikings played week one, 
and lost to the Buccaneers, we're like, oh, you know, that's that's really not great. And you know, runner-up Super Bowl seconds, Eagles, like they're still good. They're just gonna blow them out of the water. But 34-28 really isn't that bad. And um, what I find to be fantastic is I'm sure that you guys have seen it on Instagram, whatever. Is the projections for Kirk Cousins' season? Um, right now, Kirk Cousins is second in passing yards. Justin Jefferson is first in receiving yards, and they're zero and two. So Kirk Cousins is projected to have, you know, if he continues at this pace, six thousand passing yards, seventy some touchdowns, and zero and seventeen. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous how their offense could be so good, and you know, put up these crazy, crazy numbers. I mean, Kirk Cousins through for four touchdowns like it's incredible he threw for every touchdown but then also they lose like that is solely on their defense Mm -hmm. i think one of the big parts of this game was kind of how disappointing the eagles also were i mean they were hyped up all offseason obviously coming off the super bowl and then last week they barely beat the patriots who we believe to be a pretty bad team and then i mean for majority of this game they were struggling against the vikings who we don't think are near as good as they were last season i mean coming off week one they just lost to the bucks so the eagles kind of look like they take a step back right now but they are 2-0 and that's really all that any coach matters and any fan cares about but a little something to keep your eye on for the eagles going forward because it's a little bit concerning for sure i mean you remember last year we were all like the eagles started 8-0 but everyone was like Okay, yeah, the Eagles are eight no, but they haven't play, played a real opponent yet, right? And everyone remember that where they're like, are the Eagles yeah. real? Feel like they're they might be frauds, right? Sure, they're eight no, but they haven't really played an opponent. And this year, it's like, okay, yeah, they're two and zero, but are they for real? Because they've barely beaten bad opponents. It's not like they're blowing bad opponents out of the water this year. They're barely beating bad opponents. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little interesting the sway back and forth that. We're having here between two seasons. Yeah. But yeah. And the next game, game. Yeah, that was a that was a that was last Thursday. That was almost a week ago. Um, yeah. the one of the uh, the one o'clock games on Sunday, Packers and Falcons, kind of a surprising game, I would say. Uh, the Falcons sure. want the Falcons won this game twenty five to twenty four, and yeah, I mean the Packers were leading this game kind of from start to almost finish. They were up 24 to 12, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. And then Desmond Ritter had a rushing touchdown. Because shocker, he can't pass. He has to run it. And uh, and then Jordan Love had a couple of really bad plays. Jordan Love really looked like a quarterback who's never started before, which is kind of what we expect him to look like. He had a QB sneak where he was literally just like, falling over before he got the snap it was like it, it was tough to watch uh falcons yeah. get the ball and what they do just run 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 they win this game then off of a young young ho young way coup field goal or whatever but uh what's very concerning for me as a panthers fan is this falcons team is very very good at running the football and they can't pass for anything. Desmond Ritter's a terrible quarterback, and I'll stand by that. I don't care that they're 2-0. and I don't care if they win next week. He's a terrible quarterback. But they're they're 2-0 right now because they just run, run, run. They got Bijan. He looks unstoppable. And Tyler Algier still looks amazing. They got two, I think, the best running back duo right now in football. 
Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. I think the Falcons fans are really uh, happy, not only that they're 2-0, and but also to see that another team, you know, went ahead and falconed it. Uh, it wasn't the Falcons giving up the lead this time to lose. It was another team. They were the ones coming back, which I think they're definitely excited about that. But like you said, Falcons just ran the ball, and that's really all they did. Bijan Robinson rushed for 124 yards. Pretty good day on less than 20 carries. Uh, the team as a whole rushed for 211 yards. Really good day on the ground, guys. Like, not too shabby. But Desmond Ritter went 19 for 32. Not the greatest of passing percentages, but it did go for 237 yards, which isn't the worst in comparison with Jordan Love, who barely broke 100. So, yeah, Desmond Ritter might not be the greatest quarterback in the world, but like we say all the time, it doesn't really matter because as long as you keep getting wins, it doesn't really matter how you get them. Sure, it might not be a long-term solution, but for now, as long as the wins keep stacking up, that's what matters. Absolutely. And the Packers fall 1-1, but every other team in the division is 1-1 or 0-2. So the uh, NFC North, not with any undefeated team. So the Packers, obviously no team's out of it, but Packers, you know, they can they can take a loss here or there. I guess right now, but yeah. the next game was kind of a blowout. One of the bigger blowouts of the week, the bills and the Raiders, uh, the bills coming off their pretty ugly loss last week against the jets and the Raiders coming off their kind of shocking win against the uh, Broncos last week. And then the scripts for both teams kind of just flipped. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really not too much to talk about here. I mean, not a very productive day for the Raiders whatsoever. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for less than 200 yards. He had two interceptions. Um, they had 55 yards rushing. Like That's abysmal. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the Bills put up 38 points, which, like, and Josh Allen turned the ball over zero times. So that's really kind of what you're looking for there is, like, Josh Allen, hey, just don't turn the ball over, uh, and we can score, you know, thirty-eight points all the time. Um, very unfortunate though that Stefan Diggs only had sixty-six yards. Would have been a little more helpful for those of us who have him in fantasy, but no matter. Bills won by an absolute landslide, and I think that's a little bit more of what we were thinking the Bills were going to look like, and a little bit more of what we thought the Raiders were going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing too shocking about this game. Kind of what we expect from both teams there. And the next game was a good game. A game that I was a little excited about because I correctly predicted this game. And you did not. Uh, Ravens and Bengals. Ravens improved to 2-0. And the Bengals fall to 0-2. Ravens won 27-24. And the Bengals are now 0-2. Yeah. Yeah. As a Browns fan, very, very happy to see the Bengals fall to 0-2. Very exciting. Now, what people love to remind us of is that the Bengals started 0-2 last year as well. They do like to remind you that. So they love to remind us of that. But what I love to remind them back of is this. Joe Burrow might not play this week. Think about that. Is it mm-hmm. that he's questionable to play this week because of his calf? So... First off, 
That tells me a couple of things. First thing being that Joe Burrow's calf has been bothering him a lot more than we thought. Um, yeah. You know, we, we were like, okay, he's, he's playing really, really bad. You know, he got this big contract, and now here he is, you know, barely putting up any yards. Um, and it turns out that it's very could well be because of his calf. Um, and he might not play this week, which would, you know, really, really hurt their chances of winning a game in the first three weeks. Um, but, like I said, very excited to see that they lost. Um, and somehow, some way, the Ravens continue to win despite the fact that they continue to get injured. Odell Beckham Jr. left the game early with an ankle injury, um, to which they said, oh, we don't have Odell anymore? Well, it's a good thing we drafted Zay Flowers. And then he went ahead and just torched the Bengals secondary. So Ravens, even though they keep getting injured, keep winning. So they can keep doing that. It's a problem for us as Browns fans, but um, for them, totally works out. Totally keep doing that. As long as the wins keep stacking up, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ravens look pretty good right now. Zay Flowers is looking like a great steal of a rookie uh, draft pick. He's looking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar looked better this week. Mark Andrews came back. The Ravens moved to 2-0. And yeah, like you said, Joe Burrow might not play this week. That is that is big news. I mean, if they drop to 0-3, that's that's pretty tough yeah, to come back from. That's a tough thing to come back from. Like, you have to win three games just to be at 500. Mm-hmm. Totally down for that. Just saying, and you and you haven't even played your uh, your tough opponents yet. I mean, think about it. They finished first in their division last year, which means they have a first place schedule. Which means they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, they play the obviously they play the Browns twice, the Ravens twice, and the Steelers twice. Right, like, they play the Niners like, later this year. Play they play the Seahawks. That won their yeah, they play. Yeah, they play really good teams. So they can't be affording to lose these games to mediocre teams like they play the rams next monday night if they lose a game to the rams and drop to zero and three with all these tough games coming up Bengals season could be getting bleak i mean a very it's very early in the season so there's we are completely overreacting at this point saying that they're gonna be terrible but it is something to keep your eye on and you know who's looking very very smart for saying Bengals miss the playoffs hey you know hey. what Hey, I'm you looking pretty smart. I'm looking like you a genius for saying that. I know. And like, all of a sudden, the game ended, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to overreact, because like you said, Bengals <laughs> were 0-2 last year. But we'll, we'll get to it. But the Cowboys look really good, who I have won in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals look really bad, who I have missing the playoffs. So your boy looks like a absolute genius. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it's looking like I was, like, like I said, not going to overreact, right? They went 0-2 last year. A lot can happen. There's, you know, however many more games we have, 15 more games. Yeah. Um, but it looks like I may have been a year early on the Bengals were a one-year wonder type thing. I said it last year. I wasn't mm-hmm. right. Looks like maybe so they I were was two a year, year early. So they were a two-year wonder, you know. Two-year wonders. Okay. Now they're done. Back to being the Bengals. Um, yeah, but don't don't uh 
don't take any of this and screen record and keep receipts because there's a very good chance the Bengals just turn it around like that and end up being the dominant team that we all know them as. So yeah, we're just I being not, like everybody else and overreacting. So there's yeah. you know, too early. Still to point of yeah, obviously. <laughs> all right. And the next game, another shootout. There's a lot of points this week on like last week. Um, the yeah. Seahawks and the Lions. Seahawks coming off their stinker against the uh, uh, Rams last week, and the Lions coming off their big win against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. And the Seahawks kind of surprised us and won this game 37-31 in a pretty intense shootout. Came back and won. Yeah. They um, obviously came back and won. Um, you know, good on them. They kind of needed that. It would have been really, really tough to go 0-2 in their division and think they can, you know, compete with San Francisco. Like that's just probably not going to happen. If you lose two games, like see ya. And obviously the Rams beat them the week before. So, you know, really, really needed to win. Uh, they ended up getting it against the lions. We got probably one of the greatest lines, um, out of football when Geno Smith threw the ball, um, wasn't particularly close to a receiver. They called intentional grounding. Geno Smith was arguing with the referee uh, while he was announcing what the call was, and the referee pushes him out of the way and says, I'm talking to America here. Probably one of the greatest lines. Um, but, Caden, what do you think about the commentator's curse? Do you think it's real? Um, I think to some extent, it's a little bit real. I think that when it comes to kickers, it's very real. If a kicker goes up to make a kick and the announcer goes like, oh, this guy never misses or he's gone this many kicks without a miss, he's guaranteed to miss. But what do you, what do you mean? I mean that before this game happened, it was probably Friday. I think it was CBS released a little, a little statistic. And Jared Goff had gone like oh, three seasons I, yeah, 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 yeah. without an interception. And he had like the third longest streak in NFL history of games without an interception. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, dang, that's really tough. Because he's totally going to throw an interception this week. And he needed sure 44. Enough, mm-hmm. He needed 44 sure passes enough. to break the record. Yeah. And sure enough. Went ahead and turned an interception. So, announcers, commentators, CBS Sports, please stop putting out analytics. Please stop citing stats. Um, we all know that as soon as you say them, someone is going to then, you know, immediately break whatever record they're going for. Stop mm-hmm. doing that. Be better. Yeah. You have anything else to say about this game? Uh, not really. I mean, it was a high-scoring game. We were both kind of surprised the Lions lost. Uh, Amonra or Amonra St. Brown, you know, he got the he got injured in this game, and it looks like turf toe. So we'll see if he plays next week in the game, or if he's just going to play a little dinged up. But something to keep your eye on. But David Montgomery, this was interesting. David Montgomery did get hurt in this game, and every every single Jameer Gibbs fantasy owner around the world was like, "Oh, oh boy, this is our time." And what do they do? They kept Jameer Gibbs in the exact same role that he was in, and they just brought in another dude to do the, the David Montgomery role. So it's not like they promoted Jameer Gibbs up. They kept Jameer Gibbs where he was, which was the bench. And 
brought David Montgomery is like third stringer now into the game. And now that dude is quote unquote the starter. So Lions aren't making much sense in terms of their running back situation. But yeah, I don't know what that's about. I have Jameer Gibbs in not one but two leagues, and I am just increasingly more disappointed when he does not meet the projected points every single week. I'm like it's only been two. It's only been two. I know it's only been two, but they said <clears throat> they're going to use him in ways that no one could ever imagine. And well, yeah, because we didn't imagine he'd be playing on the bench. Like <laughs> that, that generally means like you're going to put him out at wide receiver. Maybe you're going to use him like in these really creative ways. He's going to be the uh, he's going to be the guy under center in the wildcat formations. But no, no, he's a bench. He's a bench warmer. It's fine. Waiting for week three, guys. Week three jump. That's what we're waiting for. Yep. All right. Well, this next game, I don't really want to even talk about it because it kind of hurts, but the Chargers and the Titans went to overtime. Titans won in overtime by three. So, uh, yeah. Look, Justin Herbert played good. He, I mean, he did all you want from him. I mean, he played great. Kim Allen played great. His weapons did good. Um, no Eckler in this game, but right. the Chargers defense, man, and the Chargers coaches. Harold, I know you're listening to this, and I know that you just are, are going to get frustrated and say that I just make excuses for Herbert, and yet he still can't produce. But, like, dude, you can't... Let me let me pull up a stat real quick. I mean, let me just look and read off some of the numbers. Um, here we go. Herbert threw for 305 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 104 QBR. That's very good. Like, that's all you can ask for. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make mistakes. His defense gave up 246 yards and a touchdown to Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, no interceptions. I mean, that's their coach and that's their defense. I don't blame Herbert, and I feel bad for Herbert. I feel like he's going down the, the career path of, like, Philip Rivers, someone who has all the stats and all the uh, – not accolades, all the stats and all the numbers – but he can't get the wins and he can't get the awards and the accolades because he's just on a sorry organization that can't help him win. Yeah. Kind of with you on this one. That's right. Yeah. That's, all you, that's, all, you, that's all you got to say? No, oh. that's all I got, man. I'm, I'm with you on this one. Um, look, I, I really feel for teams that have the players. But, you know, the coaches or one side of the ball just can't really get it done. I mean, like we, like I said last week, the Chargers have like 90-some points in their last three games. I mean, obviously not counting this one. And they're 0-3 in those last three games where they put up nearly 100 points. You know, it's like if you put up that many points, you'd expect to win. Why? Because you don't think your opponents are going to score that many. But... You know, it's just their defense can't get the job done. And we said it last year. Um, Brandon Staley, their head coach, is just really not good. He makes really poor decisions all the time. And coaching means so much in the NFL that, like, if you have a bad coach, you're going to lose games. And we don't really think that highly of Ryan Tannehill. But if he passes for almost 300 yards on your defense, you know, you might, you're probably not going to win. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't even a big factor in this game. He caught for less than 50 yards. Just the fact that you just let them destroy you 
when your offense was able to put up over 300 yards in the air. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that game. What do we have up next? What we got next is the Bucks, the Bears in Austin. Mm. I'm not going to say it, so you're going to have to say it. I said it last episode, and now I think it's confirmed. So go ahead and say it. I'm actually not going to say it. Here's that why. is that is that is that is terrible. That is a no, joke. No, if you're why. actually not going to say that, no, no, I don't no, know. I don't know what you're going to say. My, let me defend myself first. Okay. <laughs> no. I, yeah, Justin Fields might not be that guy. Okay. But, Caden, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-huh. What is what is Fields' strength? His strength is running. Okay. How many designed run plays did the Bears call this week? They called they called two. Yeah. Like, how are you going to take the strength of your quarterback and then call two plays that play to his strengths? Yeah. Like uh, you need to recognize yeah. you need to recognize as an organization. Like, sure, he might not be the best passer. We all get that he, at this point. He okay? is not the best passer. That is a proven okay. fact. Unfortunately, Lamar Jackson was also not a good passer when he came into the league. Okay. But the Ravens were like, okay, we'll play to your strengths. We will run the ball. We'll have designed runs for you. We'll run the ball all the time if that's what we need. And we'll win the game that way. Why? Because you're a really athletic quarterback who can run. The Bears, on the other hand, are like, okay, we get that you can't throw. So instead, we're going to call eight zillion passing plays. Okay. And then when we need to drive down the field, and score to win the game. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call the same screen pass in the same formation three times back-to-back after different penalties. Okay? The Buccaneers won this game because when the Bears needed to drive down the field and score, they got picked off you know, inside their own 10-yard line for a pick six. Okay? The two plays before that, it was the exact same screen pass in the exact same formation. Everyone in the world knew exactly what that play was going to be because they did it twice before. Okay? Yeah, Justin Fields might not be that great, but this is 1,000% on the coaching staff of the Bears, on their offensive coordinator, and, I mean, on their defensive coordinator, too. Like, it's Baker Mayfield, guys. Sure, he's playing with that chip on the shoulder, but come on. Throw some different It's only a matter of time before the cycle switches. Before the cycle, like, this could have been your time to switch the cycle. Like, this is, like, I'll say it again. Justin Fields, he's not a great passer, okay? With some coaching... Could he be? Probably. But you're not giving your team many chances here when you're calling two design run plays for your quarterback with a guy who is, his strength is running and you know his strength is not passing and you're just going to call all these passing plays and he's just going to do back. That's yeah. on the offensive coordinator. I totally understand what you're saying there, but did you see the, the like multiple times in the game where he, he held on to the ball man for like five seconds? Like You can't do that. And there was plays where there's wide open receivers downfield, and he just stand in the pocket and so long and eventually take a sack. Like he's got to learn to throw the ball. You can't hold the ball yeah. for ten seconds in the NFL, and that that's that is on Justin Fields. That's how I'm coaching. He had yeah, wide no, open guys. Yeah. I get that, but like coaches all the time, if their quarterback, I mean, trust me, I know firsthand. Baker Mayfield, you know, <laughs> was. He had some he had some that guy games in Cleveland, but he also had some not that guy games in Cleveland. And what we would do all the time is if Baker Mayfield was having a not that guy game and now his confidence is shot, 
and he just continues to make worse decisions because sure the guy's open downfield but you know you've been picked off twice already do you really want to test that not really you don't want a third pick okay so you call some short passes you call some runs you get him back in the groove a little bit so i understand him not making those throws when you've been playing poor all game okay i don't want to take a shot for 30 yards because you know i've already been picked off by linebackers in this game you know you don't you just don't want to do that so i get what you're saying but at the same time Justin Fields is a young guy. He doesn't get to do the Peyton Manning. He doesn't get to do the Tom Brady where if he doesn't like the play, he just switches it because he's, you know, he has that control. He's still young. He's only, what, third year in the league? So, mm-hmm. sure. He's not that guy. Are the Bears going to ride him forever? Probably not. Okay, if the Bears get the first overall pick, will they probably take Caleb Williams? Probably. And will Caleb Williams go to the Bears? Honestly, probably. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I I'm gonna I support. Think, I don't think it's time to write Justin Fields off quite yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously the biggest Justin Fields supporter. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for him until the day I die. But until he starts to show that he can not lose by ten points to the Bucks, it's it's a little hard to see him as a decent quarterback. But he's got though, time. It's only week two. Though, Caden, yes, okay. I know, the Baker Mayfield cycle. Twenty six for thirty four. He's not. He's not. Yards. Stop. Okay. Stop talking. All stop I'm talking. Saying, he's not. He's all not I'm saying that. Is the he's numbers, not. The numbers are no. Good. I understand the cycle. I understand that we're probably reaching the end of the good, you know, the good arc of Baker <laughs> Mayfield, and we're yeah. probably getting into the play like trash side. Um, I also like to call this the Ryan Fitzpatrick effect, but. You know, that's all I'm saying, man. You know, playing good. And I, I'm a Baker Mayfield supporter, okay? I like rooting for the guy. I like him a lot. I know that you don't, but I am excited to see him play well. Uh-oh. I'm rooting for his downfall, and I'll say that, right? I'll I say that a lot. You, I know you would be. All, all he needs is, you know, the Fitz beard, and then he's got he's got some of that Fitz magic in him. All right, next game. Whatever. What do we got next? Spent a lot of time on that game. Uh, this game was very boring. A game expected to have a lot of points and a lot of action. Uh, the Chiefs and the Jags. Chiefs won 17 and 9. It was a little bit disappointing. The Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs defense kind of held the Jags in check, and the Jags defense kind of held the Chiefs in check. Kadarius Tony didn't drop many passes. Neither did this guy more. The Chiefs were receivers didn't I mean they weren't good. I mean wrong. But they were not no as bad as they were last Thursday night. Uh Kelsey was back, caught a touchdown, and that's about all he did. Um but honestly, the Jags were about five inches away from dominating the Chiefs in this game because they had like four touchdowns that were like toe tappers that were just out of bounds. So if literally there's two of those would have been in bounds, they win this game. And it I mean, I'm not happy if I'm a Chiefs fan walking away from this game at all. No, I'm not happy if I'm a Chiefs fan, like, in general. Not just walking away from this game, but obviously you lost to the Lions League before. Yeah, you won this week, but, like, you're not happy about it. Like, it's, like, I don't want to say it's concerning because it is the Chiefs. But, like, you know, normally the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Like, sure, they won. But 
it really feels like they're a very beatable team, which is normally not really the case with the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and they just restructured Patrick Mahomes' contract just a couple of days ago to kind of front load most of that money into the next four years, uh, which I get. Smart move. I mean, you have some of your guys under contract for the next couple of years, so definitely a smart move to move Patrick Mahomes' money to the front here, so that way, you know, when you don't have most of these guys under contract, you can either sign them again or sign new guys um, with the money you moved around. But, like, maybe it wasn't such a good idea because now you don't really have the money to go sign a new guy or trade for a guy. I mean, that's kind of been the Chiefs thing, if you think about it. Like, play kind of okay about midseason, trade for a receiver, pick up a receiver somewhere, and then he's your guy. You can Tony. It happened last year. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to think of the Chiefs right now. I mean, sure, you have Patrick Mahomes, and, like, can't write him off. I get that. But barely beat the Jags, and you lost the Lions. Yeah. I mean, you want to know why Mahomes is struggling this year? I can tell you right now why. Tell me. It's because I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues. <laughs> and I can't have anything. I can't have anything good. So any player that I get, and it doesn't matter how great of a player you are. It doesn't matter if you're Mahomes. If I have you on my team, you're going to start to struggle. And so I'm sorry, Chiefs fans, but I am the reason that the Chiefs are struggling because I drafted Mahomes. So and, and if you want, thinking, thinking you're going to say it's because, <laughs> it's because Eric Bieniemy, you know, hey, went to the football well. team, <laughs> and that's why. But. You're out here saying this because your fantasy team. And, you know, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, Jamar Chase has struggled the last couple of weeks. Want to know why? He's on one of my fantasy teams. That's why. <laughs> here he is, you know, absolutely cooking for the last couple of years he's been in the league. But I can't have nice things. No, none of that. Yeah, it's it's it, that's how it goes. I mean, but you're right, too, with the Eric Bieniemy stuff. But we'll get to that when we get to Washington's game. Next game up on the list is Colts and Texans. So if you watched last week's uh, recap episode, I think Austin uh, was disconnected from the video when I talked about this last time. But I was talking, so I was I went ahead and talked about Anthony Richardson. Now everyone was saying he had the greatest week one performance ever from a rookie QB. And I said, everyone needs to calm down. All he can do is run. His touchdown pass was a screen pass that went for 30 yards. I mean, he's he's a great runner. We know that. We knew that coming into the draft, but he can't pass, and he hasn't shown anything that can say that he can pass. And Austin finally got reconnected back in, and he didn't even hear what I said. Like, he wasn't – he had no telling what I was saying. And then he gets back on, and he's like, oh, okay, let me talk about this game. And he talked about the exact same thing that I did. So, I mean, we both believe Richardson can run. We knew that going into the draft. People are like, yes, this guy's one of the best runners we've ever seen, but can't he pass? That's the question. And early into this game, it looked like, yeah, he can run. We know that. He's a great runner. First drive, let him all the way down the field, runs it in for like a 20-yard rushing touchdown. Colts take a 7-0 lead. Then they get a fumble, I believe, on C.J. Stroud. A couple plays later, run it in with Richardson again. Two rushing touchdowns, like five minutes into the game. Richardson looks amazing. Again, rushing the ball. And then all of a sudden, Minshew comes out for the Colts, and everyone's like, what is going on here? And, oh, shocker, when you run it a million times a game, you get hurt. What happened at the end of week one? He got hurt. What happened in the first quarter of this game? He got a concussion. So Anthony Richardson, yes, he can run. 
that is great. He can do great running the ball. He can't pass. And since he can't pass and he just runs, that leads to hits and that leads to injuries. He's going to have a shortened career if he can't learn to pass the ball because all he can do is run, and that's getting him hit so many times. And I can't stress enough how like bad that is for him and for the Colts because he's not going to have a long career. In two games, he's been hurt two times. He barely he didn't play in this game because he was hurt early in the game. I mean, that's all. Sorry, that was my little rant. That's all, guys. I don't believe he's that great. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm with you. I mean, he only attempted 10 passes. He completed six of them. Um, I feel like, and look, we've said it before. I really like Gardner Minshew. You like Gardner Minshew. I feel like the Colts might be better suited with having Gardner Minshew as their guy. He's, he's your quarterback. And then you bring in Anthony Richardson maybe a couple times a drive kind of like the saints use Taysom hill where it's like okay this guy has experience passing the ball uh this guy can also run this guy is physical so you bring him in on a couple of things where it's like oh now we don't really know what's happening but gardner Minshew is your guy i feel like that might better suit them because anthony richardson really isn't that great at passing like we said like we said before he was drafted like we said after he was drafted and like you said two games Two injuries that bring him out of the game early. Like, that's not great, guys. He's not going to have a long career. Like, it'd be a miracle if he made it to the end of the season at this rate. Okay? Like, you have to come up with something else here. He's not that guy. Maybe with enough coaching and enough time, he can be. But for now, not really. But they did get the win. That's what matters. Um, Let's talk about CJ Stroud for a second. He had almost 400 yards passing. To be fair, a lot of them did come in garbage time when the game was already over. It's true. But still, 384 yards passing. Not too shabby. Okay, guys. Yeah, he played really good. Like, he played well this game. Um, you know, has some things to work on. But that is the highest number of yards for an Ohio State quarterback in the NFL. So Ever. 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 So, look, guys. Ohio State isn't known for their quarterbacks. We're known for our receivers. We're known for our cornerbacks. And we're known for our defensive edges. Uh, quarterbacks really isn't that high on the list. So this is a win for Buckeyes fans. Yeah. Right, what game we have next? So up next, the first of the four o'clock games, a game that makes me and you look a little dumb. Uh, the Niners and the Rams. The Niners won this game, extend their winning streak against the Rams, and they won this one 30-23, a lot closer than a lot of us expected. We said Niners by a million, and they did not win by a million. They won by seven. Um, well, yeah, yeah they, they the, the Rams, okay. Look, we said the Rams are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They still might be, for all we know, but they look really, really good these first two weeks. They beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks proved this week that they're not a bad team. And the Ram, or the Niners, we know the Niners are good. We know that they're one of the Super Bowl favorites. And they just competed toe-to-toe with them for three-fourths of this game. What really hurts us, what really makes us look dumb, is first of all, shout-out to Austin, okay? 
he, he's he's taking his time out of his busy college days and cranking out these W reels, right? I mean, you can't even tell a difference between Ebby or Ebby. Wow. He's been gone for a, yeah. like a month, and I called him Ebby. Wow. Wow. Sorry, Debbie, if you're listening to this. Um, it's right up there with Debbie's editing. You can't even tell if it's Debbie's reels or if it's Austin reels. I mean, they're just they're they're that similar. They're that good. So great oh, job, yeah. Austin. For sure. But uh, he made a reel out of something that we said in the last episode, which was in week one, Puka Nakua, their rookie wide receiver, showed out. He was phenomenal. And everyone picked him up in fantasy as one would when he has a game like that. And everyone was like, okay, this guy is going to be a stud. And so we came out and said, okay, he's playing the Niners. He's going to have a great season, but don't start him this week. Whatever you do, don't start him this week. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to lose your week. Well, if you didn't listen to us, you probably won this week because Puka Nakua went off. Once again, he did even better than he did week one. He broke the record for most, receptions by a rookie in their first two games. I think most targets as well. I mean, and it's against the Niners. That's what I can't get over. He didn't do this against the Cardinals. He didn't do this against the Texans or the Bears. He played the 49ers, and he just had one of the greatest rookie performances. In his second game, this dude is the real deal. Don't speak too early. Okay. This dude is legit. Yeah, I don't care. Games. I'm like, speaking get, early. I I'm saying it. He, he is, is so he is good. good. He's very good. But look, guys, we know how it works. Okay. In week one, no one had him on their team. Week two, people were like, this guy might be legit, but I'm not going to start him because it's the 49ers defense. He is a rookie. As soon as step three comes, as soon as week three, and you all say, okay, he had a great week one, he had a great week two. Let's all start him in fantasy week three. He's going to score negative five <laughs> points. Okay, we all know how it works. Okay, that's just how fantasy goes. I don't make the rules. Just telling you how it is. But you are right. He did go absolutely crazy this week. Um, I don't know what it is with the Rams and turning out elite wide receivers. It's like, oh, no cup, no problem. Puka Nakua. Like, this guy came out of the actual woodwork. I didn't know this guy existed until last week. Um, his mom was the only one who knew he was in the NFL. Now here he is on in every single fantasy league he's been picked up, and he's about to start for anyone who has him in any league. So really kind of awesome. But come on. Yeah, yeah. Rams barely lost to the 49ers. Um, I don't know what's up with that. I don't think the Rams are that good. I think Puka Nakua is just that good, and Matthew Stafford can just get him the ball. Um, I think we found out what Matthew Stafford was doing, staying unretired. He's just padding his stats a little bit, getting a couple more thousand passing yards before he retires. Yep. Agree with that. All right, next game, another very entertaining game. The Giants... And the Cardinals. Obviously, we know what happened with the Giants last week. They lost 40 to nothing. And the Cardinals are the Cardinals, who we all know will go 0-17. But, start this game out. Cardinals go down and score. They get a stop. They score. They get a stop, and they score. The score going into half is 20-0. to In the first six quarters of the season, the Giants are getting outscored 60-0. 60-0. 
That is so bad. That has got to be the worst point differential start a season ever. Like there, there's no, there's no way anything comes close to that. Sixty to nothing. A team that was very hyped up. A team that went to the playoffs last year. A team that won a playoff game last year, losing to the Cardinals and have not scored all season yet. This is very, very sad. And now I would love to have been a fly on the wall in the Giants locker room because they come out in the second half, score on the opening drive, get a stop. Cardinals score, so it's twenty-eight to seven. Score, stop, score, stop, score, stop. They tied the game, end up getting the ball back, end up going down and kicking a game-winning field goal. Giants came back and won this one 31-28. 31 second-half points for the Giants. Granted, they were playing the Cardinals. But I, I don't know how you wake up after that bad of a six-quarters start, and then all of a sudden just boom. Oh, yeah, we're great again. Very, very concerned. Yeah. If I'm a Giants fan, I am not even close to happy because that is disappointing. But yeah i mean it's disappointing i didn't have sure. I mean, words in this game i mean for sure like after it wears off i mean you make a comeback that big and like of course you're exhilarated but once it wears off you have to kind of think to yourself and like i know that i'm thinking this it's like okay here we are week two we, we kind of got a feel for some of these teams now you know we know kind of what's up a little bit but not the giants you know, it's like, okay, 31 second-half points. Is that going to carry into next week? Or are we going to see the Giants that gave up 40 and then gave up 20 in the first half? Like, is that what we're going to be looking at? I don't know. It's really hard to tell. And like you said, I don't know if I'm particularly happy if I'm a Giants fan. Like, yeah, you won. But you know, and you know, you won against the Cardinals. It would have been embarrassing if you lost to the Cardinals. But you still don't know what's up. You know, are we bad? I don't know. We paid Daniel Jones all this money. Do we suck? And now Saquon Barkley won't be playing for two, three, maybe even more weeks. Mm-hmm. And they got a big game this Thursday night. They play the Niners. I believe that game is going to be a massacre. Uh, yeah. But totally with you on that. Yeah, Cardinals. You know, the tank is still going. The guys, I also believe part of this was the Cardinals were up. They were hype. And the Cardinals GM or coach called them at halftime. I was like, what are you guys doing? It's only week two. And you're already putting us out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. What is happening? This is not the plan. And so they made sure that they lost that game. So shout yeah, out to the Cardinals like, okay, for continuing good, to guys. suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game, Jets and Cowboys. Now the Cowboys once again dominated 30 to 10. Zach Wilson threw three interceptions. Cowboys defense continues to be one of the best defensive defenses I've ever seen. And I'll stand by that. Um, yeah. They gave up one big play, which was uh broken. Like Garrett Wilson, this was a stud and broke away from like a 68 yard touchdown. Aside from that completely locks all game. Cowboys offense doesn't even have to do much. Michael Parsons, is the greatest player I've ever seen. Uh, they got so many picks. They got so many sacks. Michael Parsons literally just ripped it out of Dalvin Cook on one random run. I mean, they're they're phenomenal. And they're the real day. And I picked but, them to go to the Super Bowl. It's only week two. But I look pretty smart. Look, Caden. If Michael Parsons continues to play this way, 
it would be an absolute atrocity if he does not win. And then, mm-hmm. I'm not talking to yeah, oh, player of the year. He's I'm already he's MVP. already a lock, obviously. But yeah, the MVP conversation for sure. I mean, MVP stands for most valuable player. He is by far the most valuable player on that team. He's 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 setting his team up at the ten yard line most drives. Yeah. The offense doesn't even have to do anything. He may be the best player in the NFL right now. I will stand by that. Um, the Cowboys' defense is third in fantasy scoring. The Cowboys' defense, okay? For those of you who don't know fantasy, you're happy if your defense is able to put up, like, seven points. If I have a defense in fantasy and they put up seven points, I'm pretty happy with that performance. Like, that's pretty solid for a defense. They're out here third in fantasy scoring, not for defenses, for all of fantasy. It's ridiculous. Their defense is, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like, they're just insane, dude. Uh, I'm high on the Niners' defense. I'm high on the Jets' defense, though they didn't really do themselves any favors in this game. The Cowboys' defense is absolutely legit. I'm not going to lie, dude. They're really fun to watch. It is. Yeah, like, I love nothing more than rooting on Dak Prescott. It's one of my favorite pastimes. But nothing, like, everyone loves offense, and it might be a little weird for me to say this, but I'm personally a really big fan of a really good defense. Like, this year with, like, the Browns, and there were a couple of years before, and, like, when I watch Ohio State play, like, if we have a good defense, I am more excited to watch the defense than I am the offense. Is that weird? I mean, kind of, because of the offense. No, but I totally understand what you're saying. I, this Cowboys defense is so fun to watch. They're way more fun than the offense. I totally understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's just exciting. Like, I don't know. Just to be like, every play, like, you could have a sack. You could have an interception. You know, you could have you a could touchdown. Have a big play, but you could have a touchdown. Like, every single play, it's like, it's just exciting. You don't know what's going to happen with an offense. It's like, okay, we expect to gain yards. With the defense, it's like, okay, we could give up yards. We could, you know, gain yards as a defense. We could score. Like, it's just exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. I think it's awesome. Yeah, they're anyway, a really fun team to watch. over Michael Parsons. <laughs> yeah, so we just jump into the next game. Washington and Denver. No, Ooh. Denver jumped out. Denver jumped out to an early lead in this one, 21-3. Denver's like, wow, okay, Sean Payton's here. And the Broncos are good. And then Washington just came storming back. Eric Bieniemy coming over as offensive coordinator from the Chiefs, making a lateral move to offensive coordinator here in Washington. And he clearly has put his imprint on this team. Sam Howell, who me and you trashed for almost losing to the Cardinals, puts up 35 points on this really good Broncos defense. They came roaring back, took the lead. They played really good. I mean, Brian Robinson, dude, what a game. I think he had two, three touchdowns maybe. I think he had three touchdowns. touchdowns. Two touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, he had a great game. So it comes down to the end. Broncos get the ball down by eight. They're at the 50-yard line, and there's three seconds left. So everybody knows what's going to happen. Everyone's just tuning into this game just to, like, you know, maybe. Because, like, once every, like, five years, someone 
will convert a Hail Mary. And it's the coolest Someone thing Aaron Rodgers normally. Right. Okay. So if it's Aaron Rodgers, you're watching because you know it's going to happen. If it's anyone else, you're watching because maybe it's going to be the one in every five years chance it happens, you know? So they're at the 50. Uh, they're down by eight. So Russell Wilson, he runs over. He chucks it deep. It lands at about the three-yard line, and it's tipped up in the air, tipped up again, tipped up again, and caught for a touchdown. Dude, I don't even know how to react to that, first of all. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's kind of like, you know, most Hail Marys that you see that are converted is like um, one guy goes up and has this heroic catch against, like, Four defenders, or you know, everyone's in the back of the end zone, and then someone comes in from off the screen that you can't see, and he just like jumps in front of everyone and catches it. And like those are the ways that hail marys are converted. And everyone always thinks to themselves when they see a hail mary because more often than not, the ball gets tipped somewhere and it lands. And everyone's like, "What if you know we just had someone behind the pile? Like I feel like we could just convert these." And sure enough. Someone was behind the pile, and it got tipped enough times that it got to him, and they scored the touchdown. So now, you know, everyone's going crazy. Uh, Broncos get this touchdown. There's life. They have hope of tying this game. It's 33-35. Um, obviously, they need a two-point conversion. A field goal won't do it. So they go for the two-point conversion. Uh, pretty blatant pass interference. Not going to lie. Really blatant pass interference. And then they miss the two-point conversion because of it. No flags. Game over. Yeah, definitely, a, like super, super disappointing. Like, if I were a Broncos fan, uh, I mean, I, I, I would like be if, killed if given the choice of converting the hail mary and then missing the two point conversion in that in that way, or not converting the hail mary. I might choose just not converting. Oh, hundred percent. Because then there's like there's just not hope. Then it's like you know there was already no hope that you were gonna get it when you threw it up in the air. And then it just falls harmlessly to the ground. It's like, ah, so yeah. close. But, you know, whatever. Instead of converting it, you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to do this. And then have the pass interference so blatant and the referees just don't call it. Like, Oh, it's that's that's terrible. Super, super I was watching a Broncos fan. He was going live uh, at the very end of this game. So I had him also on my phone listening to his live reaction. So when they caught the Hail Mary, he literally just ran around the room, which was pretty funny, which I can't blame him. I'd probably do the same. But And then they go for two, and they don't get it. And he's just like falls to the ground. He starts screaming. He's like, that's worse. I mean, and it's true. I mean, I would rather just have the thing hit the ground because you, you already know you're out. You're just starting to accept, okay, we've lost. It sucks. And then you see that, and you're like, Right, oh my goodness, like, we, we have a chance. And then you're happy again, and then you got to go through the whole thing of starting to accept it again. And that's just the worst way to lose. So I'm so sorry, Broncos fans. But it was a good game. Yeah, it was entertaining mm-hmm. for the rest of us. Yeah. All right. And then the Sunday night football game, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Kind of a boring game. Patriots are not 0-2. Me and you are like one of the only people who think the Patriots aren't going to be good. I don't know why everyone thinks they're going to be so good. But Dolphins won this one. Kind of a game that we didn't really – wasn't too much from. Waddle got concussed in this game. Um, yeah, I don't know what you what you want to say about it. Yeah, not too much to say. I mean – this game really wasn't 
all that entertaining. The Dolphins um, only won by what? Seven, seven. eight points. Um, so it really wasn't like the Dolphins just like blew them out of the water. I mean, obviously, when you're facing the Belichick, like you're going to struggle offensively. That's just, he's a defensive guy. He schemes really, really well for every opponent that he has. So, you know, be prepared to really work for every point that you want to get. But the Patriots' offense just is not good. And so, sure, now maybe you have an actual offensive guy instead of um, who was their offensive coordinator last year? Goodness. He, he's a, uh, he was a defensive Patricia. coordinator. Yeah, Matt Patricia. He was a defensive coordinator his whole career, and he's calling offensive plays. Like, it's just really, really weird. Um, and so, you know, you expect that their offense to be bad. This year, they're also not good. Um, kind of a boring game. Um, not really worthy of Sunday night, if you ask me, but I get it. It's a divisional game. Um, Dolphins improved 2-0 and and are on top of the division. So, you know, good for them as long as Tua can stay healthy and Jalen Waddle can not be concussed. I feel like they'll probably have a really, really productive season. And Patriots fall to 0-2, which is a surprise to everyone but Caden and I. Yep, we look, we, look, we look pretty smart, dude. Just saying. And at least one. The rest of them were kind of struggling. But for that one, <laughs> we will hold on tight to that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving to All right, the so for these next night. two games, you know, this has already been a pretty long episode, and we don't want to make it two hours long. I know I could talk about this for another two hours, just this game. And I'm pretty sure Austin could talk about that game for another two hours. So we're going to shorten it down. We're not going to spend, we're going to spend a short amount of time, not very long. I'm going to quickly talk about the Panthers game. He's going to quickly talk about the Browns game. And then we'll send you guys off, and then we'll see you guys back here on, what, probably Thursday for the pickums. But, so the Panthers game, look, man, it, it, was, it was very, very hard to watch. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, the defense, dude, so, so good. This defense, man, might be the best defense that I've seen the Panthers have in a long time. They are so good. I mean, there's only so much what you can do when you're on the field 95% of the time. And when they're on offense, Bryson's a rookie. But you know what? It's not even Bryson's fault. His receivers are the equivalent of me. I I I I am a 17-year-old white male with not much athletic ability. I am not some 6'5" fast receiver who's been playing receiver my whole life who is great at running routes and getting open okay i am truly the equivalent of what bryce young has to work with the panthers lost 20 to 17 their offense could not do anything um seriously at the end of the game one of the announcers finally said he's like okay you can't even put this on bryce young he said how many times this game can you say that Bryce Young has had a receiver with any separation? And he said, zero. You can't say he did because Bryce Young has either had to throw it away or take a sack or try to lead somebody to get open because his guys do not get separation. And especially as a rookie QB, you can't win with that. You can't win with that as a veteran QB, let alone as a rookie. The fact that he scored 17 against a defense like the Saints is fine. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see more. He didn't look very good, not going to lie. but. I'm again, this is not on Bryce at all. The O line wasn't good at all. The receivers, don't get me started on them, but 
it, it sucked to see. Uh, towards the end of this game, we scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion. You know what happened on that play? Adam Thielen got the touchdown and the two. Adam Thielen is a very old, proven vet. He knows what to do in the NFL. You know what happened on the two-point conversion? You know why we scored? Bryce Young was rolling to the right, and Thielen was standing there. And Bryce Young literally told him. He pointed and said, there, and pointed where Adam Thielen to go. He told the receiver where to go so that he could throw it to him. If it wasn't for that, wouldn't have gotten it. That just shows. A, a rookie QB should not be telling your, like, 9- or 10-year veteran receiver where to go. So, until we get some proven receivers who can actually go up and catch the ball, we won't win games. I mean, Bryce Young is fine. I'm not worried about him. He's going to have a fine career. But it's going to be a long season, especially if we can't just, you know, pass the ball because our receivers are so bad. And then right after this game ended, I was obviously upset. I flipped the game to the Browns game. And right when I do, I see them throw a deep pass to Amari Cooper who makes a great toe tap on the sideline. And I'm like, wow imagine we had a receiver who could do half of that. It, it would be a miracle. Like T Higgins, he's going to be a free agent next year. Don't even let him hit free agency trade for him right now. We need a receiver. Like he, we're probably not going to go far this year. It doesn't matter if we get T Higgins or not for this season. I'm just talking, lock him up so that he can't go to another team. We need a proven receiver or this team will go nowhere. It's going to be terrible for Bryce Young. He's going to have no development. I mean, that's just whatever. The defense is great. And Bryce Young's great, but... Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to read one more thing before you can ramble about the Browns. I have a stat. How to go grab my phone. Okay. Four. 133 yards and a touchdown. That split is very, very good. So you fix the O-line, which we have two of our starters out. I mean, Bryce played a very good game. So, yeah. It was, it was still very frustrating to watch. So, Uh-oh. Okay, I was just told that Austin disappeared right as he was about to start rambling. I think that means that he wasn't supposed to ramble. So goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, uh, I'm sure Austin kind of wants to get his little spiel, so I'll wait for him to get back in here. But, uh, yeah, the Browns lost this game. 22-26. to 26. I'm not going to talk about the big news because I'm going to let Austin do that because I'm sure he has something that he wants to say. But first play of the game, Watson threw a pick six. Uh, Watson looked pretty bad. He hasn't looked good since he's been traded. He's looking like a big bank robber right now, stealing the Browns. Uh, I mean, he's not looking good. The Steelers got back on track, though. They looked pretty decent defensively. Kenny Pickett still is terrible. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to steal all of Austin's stuff here. But so now the, the every team in that division is... Oh, never mind. So the Ravens are 2-0. The Browns are 1-1. The Steelers are 1-1. And the Bengals are 0-2, just like everybody expected. So a very interesting start to the season for the NFC North. But, uh, yeah. So the Brown, I will say the Browns uniforms, helmets were pretty cool. I mean, I felt like it looked kind of weird on the Steelers stadium. I felt like the stadium looked kind of gross, in my opinion. 
so watching the broadcast was a little eh, but okay, Austin's back. Yeah. You can give your ramble. I didn't. I, I try not to say too much. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Um, what to say about this game? Man? Our defense is incredible. Okay, get that first and foremost. The Browns' defense is awesome. Um, Jimmy Schwartz, absolute wizard. Love that man. Um, Browns lost, but in more ways than just losing the game, um, Nick Chubb's knee actually blew up. Um, it was like in the really, really close to the end zone. Nick Chubb's already being wrapped up, and Minka Fitzpatrick comes in, takes an absolute cheap shot of his knee, and it Oh, it legitimately bends in half. His leg literally goes backwards. It was so gruesome that they did not show the replay on TV. Yeah, you can find it online. Okay. It's one of the grossest injuries. You can find it. It's so nasty. His career might be done. Let's be real here. Like, his season's done for sure. Like, he's not playing again in this season. Um, that injury is so, so bad. He legitimately may never play football again. Um... The only comfort I'd have is that he did the exact same thing to this exact same knee in college, and he came back, and look what he did now. But So it's comforting that he was able to come back from that, but coming back from it twice, ooh, really, really unlikely. Um, and after he got hurt, the Browns really didn't do anything on offense. Okay, like we couldn't get going anywhere. Jerome Ford did his best, and it was... It was a very valiant effort. He had like a 71-yard touchdown. Um, but we just could not do anything. I mean, Jerome Ford, as good as he is, just is not Nick Chubb. And so, you know, he got stuffed at the line every time. He didn't get those yards after contact like Chubb does. Um, so it's like, okay, well, guess we're in the air now. And, yeah, Deshaun Watson is not making the throws that he needs. Um we should be able to have him make the plays, but he keeps trying to play Superman out there. He's He should just be throwing the ball away when he's under that much pressure, but instead he decides to try to play Superman and instead takes like a 10-yard loss, and now, okay, we're behind the sticks. Got to try for an extremely long play. It's just ridiculous. Um, so Browns are looking into you know what to do about the running back situation. As of now, Jerome Ford is running back one. Um, they had a meeting with Kareem Hunt today on potentially bringing him back in um, now that, you know, Chubb's done. But it's just really, really disappointing because, you know, this was the first year in, like, a really, really long time that it's, like, the Browns can be good. And, like, people were willing to say that. It wasn't, like, just us Browns fans being, like, oh, yeah. Like, we're going to be good this year. We're going to Super Bowl, but, like, no one believes it. But, like, people who weren't Browns fans were like, you know, the Browns could be good this year. Nick Chubb is arguably the best running back in the league. Um, Deshaun Watson just has to have any flash of his former self. Our receiving core is awesome, and our defense is literally, like, you cannot move on our defense. We have a fantastic defense. I'm excited to watch our defense. Um, but instead, you know, now it's like, okay, I guess if we can fix the running back situation, we're back to where we were. But it's like, Nick Chubb is the offense. Let's be real here. Like, we moved because of Nick Chubb. 
and now we're trying to move in spite of not having him. So it's awful. Um, just really, really disappointing overall. And it doesn't help that, I mean, like the Steelers offense couldn't do anything. Um, Matt Canada is like literally the worst offensive coordinator that the world has ever seen. Um, but it doesn't help that literally everyone on our defense got hurt. Like our number one and number two corners got hurt in that game as well. Like, I don't know what juju the Steelers put on their stadium. Um, they probably put actual juju like Juju Smith-Schuster on the stadium or something. <laughs> um, but it's just really, really disappointing, man. It's just like, even if we would have won that game, I probably wouldn't have been happy just because Nick Chubb's season is over. His career might be over. It's just overall the worst case scenario. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I mean, Chubb's a fun guy to watch. And he's a good dude from what everybody says, but seeing an injury like that for any player isn't good. But a guy like Chubb is just the worst. So Cancel Monday Night Football. That's what I say. In the last three Monday Night Footballs, we've had Chubb blowing up his knee, Rodgers destroying his Achilles, and DeMar Hamlin dying. So I don't know what's up with wow. Monday Night Football, guys. Wow. I didn't even think to... about that. We need to not with Monday Night Football anymore. Okay, let's move it to like Tuesday night. Let's move it to Wednesday night. Any night other than Monday, guys. It's really not going going well so far. No, it's not. But we'll see what happens next week. So <laughs> thankfully for us, it's only week well going into week three. So we still got a lot of weeks of football left. But Browns season's looking bleak after what happened. Panther season's looking bleak because they're receivers. But there's still the rest of the NFL that we can watch and be excited about. So. Thank you for watching this episode of KNA Football. We'll see you guys Thursday for our week three pickums. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching this episode of KNA Football. You can listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we're also active on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts. If you made it this far in the video, thank you. You're a real one. We'll see you next time.